This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, stage diving, lighters, headbanging, shouting free bird, all of those rock and roll traditions that fans do. Have you ever wonder how they started though? Canadian music broadcaster Alan Cross helps us understand the history and amazing stories behind rock traditions that we fans have. What is the best burger in Canada? Well, Sunday was Burger Day, and so we wanted to find out what is the best burger. Great suggestions from Shiftheads, too. Some calls and texts of the best. And also on the podcast, are you okay with grad and grad pranks? Traditions. We all have a tradition. What is a tradition? You know, it, it's traditions is is strange to me. I, I When I look at traditions... The first thing I say, well, is that a superstition? Well, isn't it funny that sometimes a tradition serves a superstition and maybe a superstition serves a tradition, yet they dance and are distinctly different. So the ongoing history of new music, uh, the genius that is Alan Cross is here, and not to mention his handsomeness joins us on the shift. Um, your uh, your latest article that you wrote, we love it. We'll share, share it at shiftheads.ca because it's all things rock and roll like you do. Podcast continues to be awesome. But you have this headline, a noble attempt to explain some of rock's weirder traditions and behaviors. Um, how many times do you write these things and do you kind of shake your head or giggle at yourself going, I can't believe this is a thing? Uh, all the time. All the time. Because, you know, there are so many things that we just do because we've always done them and nobody ever bothers to necessarily question why we're doing these things. So when it comes to rock and roll traditions, I, I try to dig to the bottom of, of some of these uh, weirder behaviors. Now, there are two aspects to this. We as fans of rock and roll, we are thinking immediately like, yeah, rock stars are weird. Turns out we as fans are also weird. We do weird things to celebrate in tradition of rock and roll. Which way do you want to go first? Do you want to go after the rock stars? Or do you want to go after weird things that fans do? Let's do the fan thing, because it's very hard for, for most people to put themselves in the position of a rock star. But we'll, let's discuss some things that everybody has done mm. at one time or another as a fan. So when you go to a concert, and I feel like it's um, some sort of 80s power ballad is what I feel like comes up for this. Uh, there's one thing that everybody has done always. Now, we don't always carry these in our pocket anymore. But quite often we have an app that'll let us do it. If not, a flashlight on our phone works just fine. And the really yep. high-tech concerts, they'll do these pre-programmed LED lights that they give out to everybody that are actually pre-programmed to turn you into the light show. Uh, Alan Cross, what's the story about lighters? Well, back in 1969, there was an event in Toronto called the Great Rock and Roll Revival. And the promoter, John Brower, had needed some star power because tickets weren't selling. So on a wing and a prayer, he called the Apple offices, Apple Records in London, just happened to get a hold of John Lennon and said, could you come tomorrow and play this show in Toronto? And long story short, John agreed and he showed up. But when he got to Varsity Stadium, he was very intimidated by the fact that the rest of the lineup featured his childhood heroes, Chuck Berry, uh, Gene, uh, Eddie Cochran, uh, who else was there? Um, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard. And he was nervous because he had never performed outside of the Beatles. 
And the last time the Beatles had played live was in 1966, so three years earlier. So it also didn't help that he was a little bit dope sick, too. <laughs> so uh, what the MC did, a uh, guy by the name of Kim Fowley, who would later be disgraced as a rapist, um, decided that he was going to go out on stage and tell the audience to create a nice, serene, peaceful environment so John would feel comfortable and give his best performance. And he urged people to pull up their lighters and to light up whatever else they had, wave them in the air to create this candlelit vigil for John Lennon. And it worked. John loved it. And we've been doing it ever since. Uh, you have not been a rock fan until you've burned your knuckles on a lighter. I think that's a exactly. fair ball, right? Yeah. Um, okay, Alan Cross is here. Traditions that are strange and weird. Um, Leonard Skinner, there's always that guy. Yeah, the guy in the audience, no matter what the performance, there's always some idiot in the audience that screams, Freebird! <laughs> and the more inappropriate, the better. I mean, I've I've heard this done during a performance of Abba's Mamma Mia. Uh, this goes back to the 1970s to a DJ in Chicago who had uh, a group of people following him called Kev Heads. And what they would do, what he would encourage them to do is go to shows that were definitely not Leonard Skinner shows and scream for Freebird at some point in the performance. And you know, Jim Neighbors <laughs> was was one of the early victims of this. Florence Henderson, who played uh, the mom on uh, uh, the Brady Bunch. Um, and it just it has carried on ever since. Now, what's fascinating about it is that this is something along with the lighter thing that became a cultural meme in the year in the era before the internet. Yeah. So how did this stuff spread? Uh, the answer is slowly, and word of mouth. But uh, it, it's interesting that we've we've had these behavioral memes long before we were going uh, to the internet to find them. Yeah, well, and I've always wondered that too about trends, right? When we saw some of these bands and and some of this music take off, it was sort of mixtape over mixtape over mixtape that got dubbed and redubbed and shared. And it just got passed around to when Steve visited his cousin in Regina and got, I like that and got a copy of the mixtape. And so it unfolds much slower than it does today on TikTok. Um, yes. Very strange. Okay. There's a couple of things. Um, you know, we could ask a lot about rock and roll. Um, the smoke pit inside the old high school or outside the high school. You know, the smoke pit is kind of a source of a lot of these things. If you really just imagine in your mind's eye, what did that smoke pit actually look like? Here's what we saw in the smoke pit, right? We saw leather jackets, lots of studs. We saw big patches with funky names on them with all kinds of dots. We saw a bunch of dudes with really long hair. Um, that's all on your list, too. Yeah, long hair, for example, is something that has gone in and out of style with men for centuries. Uh, I mean, you've probably seen old uh, representations of ancient Greece or, or ancient Rome. A lot of people had very long hair. But somewhere around the Victorian era, it became a target of, uh, of scorn, especially, turns out, musicians in the eyes of some people. It was unhygienic. It was unmanly. And this continued to, to uh, gain cultural credence. Um right through until the 1950s. But then we have the birth of rock and roll, which is a rebellious form of music. And you're, 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 you don't want to conform. You want to be different. So we started seeing hairstyles that involved 
longer and longer hair. Think Elvis Presley and uh, think Jerry Lee Lewis. Still not as long as what they became, but this was considered to be really, really radical at the time. Then we get to the Beatles and the Beatles with their mop top haircut cut by a, created by a friend of, of John and Paul's in, in Paris. And that's really where it all took off. Everybody wanted to look like the Beatles. And once you had the mop top, well, it wasn't too much further to go before you you got longer and longer and longer hair. And it became a symbol of, of the hippies in the 1960s. And there are still long-haired men. But we can really go all the way back to the beginning of rock and roll to find out exactly where that long hair came from. Hmm. So I would have assumed that the long hair came from, you know, the guitar player, head down, doesn't like to look at the crowd, staring at the frets, playing the guitar, which to me seems like a real tangle hazard. Let's just be honest. Like, I'm feeling like, I, I, it, right? It seems, seems dangerous. I mean, there's got to be guys that have uh, got their hair caught in the, or anyway, women too, got their hair uh, caught in the uh, the headstock yeah. or the uh, or the strings. Right, like, I mean, that to me just seems like dangerous, but that could just be because I'm getting old and that's how I look at things now. Um, but really, um, it does go back to not only rock and roll, as you've discovered, with headbanging and, every, Which, well, with headbanging and everything else oh, going on. Oh, no, headbang, headbanging is, is, is a weird thing. This is something that goes back to some mystic religious uh, traditions many, many centuries ago. Um, you know, within, in the uh, Iran... Uh, Iraq, that area of the world, Turkey, where people would would rock back and forth and, and slam, well, you know, move their heads back and forth very, very quickly. Um, it's quite possible that the modern form of headbanging began after Led Zeppelin played some shows in the in the United States, specifically Boston in 1969, when there was uh, some footage. And this is, of course, before Led Zeppelin became as big as they did. There was some footage uh, of some young men at the front of the stage hitting their heads on the stage in time with 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 the music uh so okay that that kind of works <laughs> but then we get into the the 70s especially the late 70s where we have you know pretty heavy bands and motorhead um one of the heaviest of uh, you know godfather of thrash metal bands um lemmy the uh the leader of the band um noticed something that his the audience was doing and he called it motorheading oh interesting which is that uh, snapping of the neck back and forth very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, once it started there, it just continued throughout the 1980s, and it's something that people do right now, even though there have been all kinds of injuries involved. Um, for example, uh, you know, you could, uh, you could really do a number on the discs in your neck, and there have been people who have suffered uh, aneurysms and strokes as a result of too much headbanging. Okay. Imagine today's world. I'm surprised they don't make them wear mouth guards or something, you know, reduce the, the threat <laughs> of concussion uh, with all of it. Um, okay. Uh, fun. But I mean, I, silly as it sounds though, when you get a really good band and they've got some really good headbanging going on and it's all done in good time, like it's a good show. Like it's an art, it's a dance in itself. Well, it is. And it is uh, almost required behavior on the part of uh, the audience uh, for some bands. Yeah. And people just, you know, it, it's a way, it, listen, metal is an extremely aggressive music and it's just another way to get that aggression but out. We, we just do it though. This is the tradition part. That's the strange part, Alan. It's like, if you just walk yeah, into the show and they start playing the song and everybody just starts doing the thing, I mean, I don't want to call everyone sheep or lemmings, but really, I mean, that we want to belong and we want to fit in and we will bang our heads to the rock gods that are on stage. Yeah, I was I was at a Metallica show in Nashville a couple of years ago, and I was up in the stands, 
And, uh, you know, when some of the, the heavier numbers come on, you look down on the floor of the general admission and it is just one big sea of heads snapping back and forth. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I've, I'm feeling aged because I'm like, that's got to <laughs> hurt tomorrow. Like, that's all I can think of. Oh, it will. Oh, it definitely will. That's amazing. Alan Cross is here. And uh, one of the other ones was diving off the stage, which, you know, you see the videos and um, it's not like um, Hugh Dillon and throwing microphones at people and then pulling them back again. These are when you jump off the stage and people either catch you or do not catch you. Like you are all in if this is a thing. And if and if you're if they don't catch you, ooh, ouch. Yes, face first on the floor. Uh, this seems to have begun. Well, the first documented case of fans stage diving seems to be a Rolling Stone show in London early in the 1960s. The first documented evidence of of, uh, a performer doing a stage dive would have been Iggy Pop in the late 1960s, although there is some suggestion that Jim Morrison might have done something between 1967 and 1968. But that became uh, the thing, especially after Iggy. And then when punk music came along in the 1970s, of course, everybody's emulating Iggy and stage diving took off. And it's still something that's that's out there today. Fun, though. I mean, if I mean, if you're if you're uh, slight enough, you can get caught. Uh, if you're not, um, maybe not. Now, this is also graduated, right? Like Steve Aoki, the DJ, he doesn't stage dive, but he always has a big cake that he throws at everybody. It's kind of grown and graduated, yeah. right? Yeah. There is always some way that you can hurt yourself at a show. Or and uh, cake. Well, yeah, you know, if you get it right in the face, it might, uh, while you're headbanging, it could actually uh, <laughs> it hurt. Well, that's actually a good point, because headbanging has graduated beyond some of those those old school rock bands. I mean, you go into some of the other formats, like some of the electronic stuff and everything else, and you get a lot of the same behavior now. Yeah, again, it's it's you're getting out that aggression, you're getting out that energy, and you find your own way to... To dissipate it. You will find Alan Cross at many a great concerts, banging his head with his lighter in the air somehow <laughs> at the same time. Um, and you can also catch him on his podcast, which is absolutely uh, fantastic. The ongoing history of new music. Uh, thanks for the article. We'll share it. Shiftheads.ca for everyone to read it and they can learn for themselves. It's awesome. Great to see you too, by the way. You, you bet. You bet. Thanks. Uh, happy dog birthday. What's your, what's your dog's name? Schmooze. Her name is Schmooze. She has turned 15. Right. Happy birthday, Schmooze, from all of the shift heads. Hey, have fun. Thanks. This is the Shift Podcast. Sunday was National Burger Day. And even though we were not really on the radio for the bulk of it, but kind of started the show on Sunday in most of our provinces, we figured we would still do our salute to National Burger Day. We need to. Because it's a burger. I have two grilling goals this summer. Grilling goal number one, master the barbecue pizza. I'm getting pretty close. I want to be able to do it just so it's perfect and crispy. I like a a well-done pizza. But I want it to be perfect and crispy. And I think I figured it out on the barbecue exactly how to do that. Like the settings and which, you know, burners are on what temperatures and do it on the stones and everything else. My last two attempts have been very, very good. The other goal is the burger. I want to master the burger this summer. The recipe of my own cooked burger that is so perfect and delightful that I'll never turn back. 
never buy a frozen burger again. You know what I mean? Like that kind of amazing. I want that burger. I want the recipe. I want the technique. I want all the things. I think I'd make a pretty good burger, but it's not that like mind-blowing thing. 877-399-9898 is salute for National Burger Day. What is the best burger in all of Canada? Got to get your votes in. So uh, let's just start with us here on the shift, Ryan O'Donnell. I would have to say, and I took you for it, but they changed the recipe. They don't do it the same way anymore. The Eddie Burger in Banff was the best burger before. Now they use more of a pre-cut, not fancy burger patty. They used to be all locally sourced bison and stuff like that. And the bison burger with um, maybe an onion ring on it and some feta cheese and you could put a fried egg on it, right? Like nice and simple mustard and feta and pickles, garlic dill pickles. And um, and that was it. That's all it took, mm-hmm. right? It was the mind-blowing, most amazing of the burgers that I've ever had. Um, you're a millennial, so you would love to spend $40 on a burger. So you must have a favorite burger mm-hmm. that, uh, that that's your favorite. I do. Uh, if I had to pick one cheeseburger to have for the rest of my life, it would probably be a Big Mac. I had a Big Mac today. I don't know what it is about the Big Mac. It's nostalgic. I love it. But it's not the best burger. I have to stress that. I know it's not the best. I just really <laughs> like the flavor of it. All okay? right. Fair enough. So... It, I have to pick between two. Option one is a, both of these are local places in Calgary and they're very different. Option number one is modern burger. Now, Shane and I went to modern steak for dinner over the weekend. Modern, essentially what they do is they take all the leftover chuck and all the beef that they don't put in their expensive steaks and turn it into a cheeseburger. And it is the best gourmet style cheeseburger that money can buy like i'm talking the cheese everything down it is expensive so it's a treat but it is the best tasting perfect burger. it's a very ryan thing okay. to say. however they, they, have they sponsored your life what's going on here <laughs> i don't know they should hey i'm open to it man because i eat there a lot the the my the the go-to burger for me though and it's only a 10 minute walk from my new apartment and it's dangerous is boogie's burgers in calgary mm-hmm. the reason boogie's burgers is the best is because Boogie's has the perfect ratio of bun to patty. The bun is bigger than the patty, but the patty isn't too small. It's the right ratio for them to just slap a bunch of toppings on top of it. So you can get a simple burger there, or you can get what I get, which is called the Jeb's Dog Burger, which is a burger with a sliced open hot dog on top of the patty with cheese and an oh my Oh my God, it's so good. And I, I have to say that right there is the definition of the perfect local cheeseburger. All right. Uh, I do like to have like a ciabatta bun or something like that. Because if I'm going to use a burger bun, it's got to be a sesame seed bun. But if it's you not going to be a burger bun, mm-hmm. it could be like a ciabatta bun or something like that. I got to have a yes. unique bun, which, by the way, the original Boogies is not by your house. It's actually over on Edmonton Trail. There's Just two so you know. Boogies burgers. Yeah. There's yeah. And the they're the old one in Marta Loop is the one I'm close to. Yeah. Um, so the, all you Calgary people, there you go. There is one on Edmonton Trail. There's one in Martin Loop. Okay, let's go to Kirk, who's in Vancouver. Hey, Kirk, what's the best burger? Um, you know what? You can Google it, but this burger place started back in the 60s. Can you hear me okay? I can. You got it. Okay. 
um, you can Google it. Um, it's called Wally's Burgers. Mm-hmm. It used to be a drive-in back in the 60s, the 70s, and the early 80s. And then it was shut down, or, or Wally died or retired or whatever. And now they do the exact same thing in South Vancouver. Um, well, it's called Wally's Burgers, and it's the mm-hmm. same burger place. It looks like it's on uh, Elliott Street at East 49th, roughly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, is where it's, it is. Uh, it's a bit of a hole in the wall now. It's not a. Dri- it doesn't look like a drive-in anymore. It's kind of like a strip mall hole in the wall with a painted sign yeah. that says "We serve beer." <laughs> That's fun. Well, well, I don't know. Cool. But, All right. Um, is there a specific the burger, burger though for you, on, Kirk? There that you love or no? Sorry. Is there a specific burger or just Wally's Burgers? Yeah. No. No. Actually, um, the burger I love the most is well. There's two. There's a combo burger. Which has it's it's kind of like a hamburger with with fried wieners on it. Oh yeah, yeah. But 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 the one I really love is is the chuck wagon burger. What is it about the chuck wagon? Oh, it's it's so mouth watering. You 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 can't compare it. I love it, Kirk in Vancouver. Thank you very much for the input. Wally's Burgers is the vote. Um, the combo burger is a beautiful thing, right? I remember getting those. You go to the family camp out or cookout, you get those as well. Uh, Don in Pembroke, the Ottawa Valley, you beat me to it, Shane. The bison burger from White Pine Bison in the Ottawa Valley is his favorite burger. Bison burger, by the way, like you, boy, you want to have a burger experience. Go try a bison burger. Sunday was National Burger Day. We're trying to find Canada's best burger, 877-399-9898. Let's go to Victoria. Hi, Ed. Hi, Shane. Um, there's two. In Victoria, there's a great place called Big Wheel Burger. And there's about four of them here on the island. And they're local, fresh meat, um, reasonable price. You don't See, I think you have to include the fact that the burger can't cost $30. Huh, okay. Uh, you know, and they make great Cajun fries with it as a accoutrement. And uh, in Vancouver... It used to be a place uh, called Fred's Go In, and the guy that owned it was on Davy Street in downtown Vancouver, and that's where you went after the nightclubs. Right. And it was just jam-packed. They right. make the most incredible mushroom burger with about half a pound of mushrooms. <laughs> uh, I love that. And now they're, well, now they're closed downtown. They have a place in Surrey, and it is packed all the time. The guy's about 80 years old that still goes in every day and is working the grill. And that's what I love. I love the fact that he's still there, still putting out the same quality food that he did 40, 45 years ago. I love that. Ed's in Victoria. Ed, there was um, there was a restaurant I went to in Victoria. And uh, I, I, it used to be, it's a chain, and I don't know if it's still open. I'm actually trying to take a little look here. Um, I think it might have been the Red Robin back in the day there. Um, that's over by the mall, the Mayfair Mall. And yeah, I went there with my grandma. Yeah, Red Robin, yep. yep. Yeah, and I ordered that because they're basically, chain. yeah, they're basically closed everywhere. There's only a couple of them that are open. Um, but I had a mushroom, I'll never forget it, a mushroom mozzarella burger there, but there was a rock in the mushrooms. It was the worst. Um, burger was great though. They, they fixed it. It was just a mistake, but I'll never, uh, 
I'll never forget that one. The one thing that I got to say, Ed, about, because I've got some um, friends that have pubs and restaurants in Victoria, um, down at Swans, down in uh, downtown and, and stuff like that. Great if you spot. go to Swans yeah. Pub, that's Mike Boyle's place. Um, the uh, There are some amazing places. The thing about Victoria that's so unique to me is the amount of restaurants that are farm-to-table driven right from the island, yeah. where most of the food, most of the year, comes literally from a farm that's close by. And that's a pretty special thing. Uh, have you ever been to some of those spots downtown? Oh, God, yeah. There's a place I went to this morning called Blue Fox Cafe. Without a doubt, they make the best breakfast in Victoria. Breakfast last brunch. Oh, my God. It's just three eggs, three of the best pieces of bacon, smoked bacon you'll ever have, two huge sausages, um, sourdough bread toast. They just know how to do so it, good. and that's what I, I don't mind paying 20 bucks for a huge breakfast, and you can barely finish it. Nice. Uh, and love I got it. a big appetite. So <laughs> I love it. Ed's in Victoria. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate the call. 877-399-9898. All right, what is the best burger in all of Canada? That's what we're trying to get here. Okay, so I got a couple of text messages. Um, bum, 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 bum. Wanted to throw your way. Okay, far and away the best burger, this is Ms. Josie, I ever had was the Elk Burger at the Burger Inn in the Mission District in Calgary. There's just no flavor like Elk. Sadly, the Burger Inn recently closed after 34 years, so that sucks. Uh, what is the best burger in Canada? The best burger in Canada is at Lost in the 50s on Edmonds in Burnaby. The owner, Brian, is a great guy. I recommend the L.A. Burger, but the entire menu is first class, Ron and Polko. I uh, lived across for 23 years. Wow, hey. That would be a lot of burgers if you live across here from that. Um, burger Barn in Ontario uh, and Hamburger in Hamilton. Hamburger in Hamilton, That's a that's I love that place. And the reason why I love that place is they used to be a client of my old business uh, when I had my uh, music for business. We actually uh, built and cultivated all the music for the hamburger restaurants, all the chain uh, for that one. So, yeah, support. Uh, it's H-Ham, B-R-G-R is the uh, name of that one. They have a fantastic burger there. Um, and, yeah, I, I got to personally experience that group. And um, although we don't do business anymore, I absolutely recommend them. Sunday was National Burger Day. We love food here on The Shift. So 877-399-9898. What's the best burger joint in all of Canada? Dear The Shift, my two favorite burgers are McDonald's Big Mac. Ryan, are you texting us again? No, um, no. And Burger Just King's number one classic, The Whopper. Have it your way, Shane. Sweet dreams. Thank you. Very nice. Uh, I do like a Harvey's burger. If I'm going to have a fast food burger, that's a pretty nice burger. So good. So underrated. There's not enough of them out west. Lucky out east. They got all of them. And they don't, uh, their fries aren't as good. They got to work on the fries, I would say. But the burger, top notch. Give them that one credit for that one. Larry is in Oliver. All right, Larry, what's the best burger? Actually, tonight I'm up in my mushroom patch up by Merritt. Oh. Uh, my favorite place is Hungry Herbie's in Cash Creek. Really? What's great about Hungry Herbie's? The mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> the mushrooms, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I always drive out of my way. That's right where Highway 97 to Prince George meets Highway 1. So, uh-huh. And it's not, you know, there's no hot dogs, you know, there's no hot dogs or all this other crap on there. They just make an awesome cheeseburger and they have the best poutine i've ever eaten nice oh really that's interesting um yeah. fascinating uh okay so how's the mushroom hall this year larry you doing all right 
Uh, no, I'm actually at my lightning mushroom patch, and it's all done. I just found a few big old wormy ones today. I thought maybe we'd have another flush with the rain and the cooler weather that we had, but yeah. I got 30 pounds last time I was here. So, so the oh, native people here, they believe that the lightning strikes the grassy hills and puts nitrogen in the soil and makes the mushrooms grow. Oh, very good. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for the caller. I appreciate the burger advice. 877-399-9898. Okay, another great suggestion for the burgers. Uh, Flippin' Burger in Kensington in Calgary. High quality. Um, all kinds of toppings and flippin' sauce that you can't find anywhere else. That's that's good when you can have the unique, you know, that unique touch on the things. I uh, I do like that one as well. Um, well, there, there's a burger joint in Montreal. It's been given the high end of honor by online travel website, beating out 49 other Canadian restaurants back in 2019 for the best burger. So let's do it. Dan Spector explained why Uniburger stood out to be the best. According to a new survey from the website Big 7 Travel, this is the best burger in the country. It's at a place in Montreal called Uniburger. It was a huge surprise, but it's an honor and we're really happy to be to have made the list and to have made the top spot. Uniburger prides itself on doing nothing too fancy, a fast food style burger with fresh ingredients. We're more of a pure burger experience. It's a straight up no shishi kind of burger. Big 7 says they polled their readers, their social media community of 1.5 million people and a panel of food experts. They also factored in online reviews and media coverage. A warning right now, we're not naming every one of the top 50 in the next minute and a half. Number 4 was Two Doors Down in Halifax. Lavatoire in Vancouver took number 5. And under the watchful eye of Leonard Cohen on Saint Laurent Boulevard in Montreal, you'll find number 7 on the list, Burger Royale. A monument to local ingredients and Quentin Tarantino. Our hard work and attention for local, sustainable uh, products is paying off at the end of the day. Burger Royale is serious about its burgers. Owner Sam Medani even has a burger tattooed on his leg. The third Montreal entry in the top ten is Burger Bar. It's a monument to the absurd, the excessive, the Instagrammable. We're like outside the lines. We like everything to be exaggerated but within good taste. It doesn't get much more ridiculous than this burger topped with a poutine and a fried egg. Good luck eating all of these. You have to be pretty hungry. From sea to shining sea, there's reason to be proud. Yegburger in Edmonton snagged number 12. Number 23, Campagnolo in Vancouver. On the other side of the country, Daryl's in Halifax got number 25. Burger Baron in Edmonton at 26. Number 35, first round in Edmonton, number 36. Bells and Whistles in Vancouver. Crave Burger in Halifax gets number 39. New Burger in Winnipeg at 40. Burger Joint in Edmonton at 46. And rounding out the list, Shish Shack in the shadow of the Chateau Frontenac in Old Quebec was number 50. Burgers, burgers. And in case you were wondering, no burgers were wasted in the making of this report. Dan Spector, Global News, Montreal. Uh, yeah, you know, Burger Baron coming up on that list more than once, right? That's pretty cool to see. Well done. What are the best burgers in all of Canada here on The Shift? Your text message is 877-399-9898. Burger Inn comes in again. Miss Josie said that's closed, though. Their Boar Burger was fantastic, right near Ryan. Um, Yeah, but we we were told earlier that that one was closed, unfortunately. I hate to be the bad news guy, so if that's the case. Um, Puggy Burger, one-pound burger from O'Neill's in Hamilton. And the Cheddar Burger from Easterbrooks in Burlington, Aldershot, 
from Denise. Those are the two that are uh, from Denise. For best burger in all of Canada, we have Johnny's Hamburgers, Vic Park and Shepherd in Toronto. Um, these are great. I love these, right? Uh, the fast food joint in Vulcan, they used to sell a Spock burger. Two quarter pound burger patties, three slices of ham, mushrooms, and marinara sauce. So that's pretty good, too. And uh, Steve in uh, North Van will give him credit here for this last one. My drunk uncle's burger that ends up on the fire, and he says it's still okay. Best burger in Canada. That could be. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you, are you are you okay? Okay. Okay. Are you okay with You can let us know 877-399-9898 the phone number for your text messages about are you okay with some stories for you to ponder here. Are you okay with There it is. Grad grad I uh, I graded Almost 10 years ago today. One more yeah. year, that'll be my 10-year anniversary. Year old. That's that's gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like thinking about that. I gratted 30 years ago this uh tomorrow. No, last weekend. So there you go. Take it's that. a bit of a it's wonky though. You see everybody adulting. One of my friends who I graduated with just had her kid, like was like their child was born yesterday. And yeah. that I'm still like Buying Lego, man. We're all just, life's wild. Life's crazy. You, uh, you're in for a ride, young man. Yeah. <laughs> you yes, no sir. yes, sir. Uh, my son graduates this year, which is also really cool that's to cool. think that, uh, you know, 30 years after I did, he does. And, and that's pretty awesome. I remember my dad had such a good story. My dad didn't finish high school. Um, <laughs> when he went and got his millwright ticket and he worked, worked, worked. And then when my sister was graduating, my dad wanted to have, he was determined to have his GED before his kids did. And he went out and got it before my sister's grad, which was really cool. Cool accomplishment for your, see how your pops do. Uh, so I'm excited to watch Carter graduate here in a few weeks for the official ceremonies. It's weird at their school. They don't do them in May or early June. They do them at the end of June when school's actually done. So you literally know if you're graduating or not, which is probably good. But, yeah. you know, there would be nothing worse than going through all the grad ceremonies in May and being like, congratulations, Ryan O'Donnell. By the way, you failed social studies. You got to do it all over again next year. Congratulations, Ryan O'Donnell. Like you go through it again, right? Like, I don't know. But I'm excited for it. Uh, actually, just uh, during our little break there, I had uh, the after-grad volunteer request form open. So looking oh, forward to that. Are you, are you going to do that? Are you going to be a, sh- a, sh- a chauffeur? or like? No, uh... I yeah, I did the chaperone cleanup and all those things. It's not like yeah. uh, it's not after-grad. It's not like it was when we had after-grad. Like after-grad for us, we would go. They bust us from the school to the middle of the woods like the notion with after grad, even back then, was at least if, uh, even though it's, you know, underage drinking, they had ambulance there, it's supervised, everyone gets home safely, right? Like it's going to happen. The question is, can it happen safely? And, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, there was a DJ and a stage and like everything was massive party. It was wild. They don't do that anymore. It's more of a campfire sit around. I don't know boring kumbaya kind of thing mine was i don't uh, know man there was an 18 plus thing in mine but it, it was at a bar like if you were 18 you could go uh but for most of us it was just uh, uh house parties 
and the house party of my grad sucks. The grad party in the limo was the best part, and I love it. So yeah, see, that's why exactly why there was the bush party was because um, because that that was what it avoided, right? Was the house parties? That was the whole point. And um, yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. I'll, I'll never forget that. It was it was crazy. Anyway, some schools are lucky; they get uh, celebrities to give speeches. If you can, you know, if you know somebody who knows somebody, right? You can bring someone in who. You know, might have some enlightening, inspiring words to share with the grads. How cool would that be? Someone shows up. I mean, they're like, hey, by the way, uh, if you don't know me or recognize me from anywhere, uh, I'm Batman. And I got things to tell you, like this one from Michael Keaton. I've got one more thing to say, and it'll only take me a second. I've got two words that I want you all to remember. They're very important. And if I leave you with anything, I'm going to leave you with these two words. And those two words are, I'm Batman. Like, how cool would that be to, uh, right? It's just so amazing. (laughs) I love when he puts it into context. All other schools, well, nothing for you. A high school in Marlin, Texas, postponed its grad ceremony until June to allow students more time to reach graduation requirements because you want to have people graduate, right? And basically, when you looked at all the grades, only five of them could do it. I get a phone call and he's like, your son will not be graduating. Now, district officials say they're considering moving the graduation date. Only a total of five seniors met graduation requirements, including Prayer Jones and Alondra Alvarado. They told us that because of the students that didn't meet the requirements, it wouldn't be fair for only five students to walk the stage. Marlin ISD district officials say an audit found that the 28 seniors either didn't complete or failed a required course or had too many absences. They're saying that I'm missing a credit for an elective. But with that, I don't understand because in ninth grade, I took a typing class as an elective. Others like Guerrero learning last week that he needs to complete the STAR test for an online U.S. history course. Bag of emotions, you know, anxiety, you know, a bit of disappointment. Students like Siaja Williams now scrambling to complete entire courses in just a handful of days. Now... Hurry hard, you can graduate, right? <laughs> Oof, that's well. Like, what do you? Oh yeah, the students are going to do great. They only have a month to finish a course. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, that's well, going to go well. And for some of them, it might. I think I would probably do well in that crisis scenario. But I'm. I don't know. This is kind of how I work. Yeah, but at the same right? time, it's a good example of like it's probably a good idea to have your grad at the end of the school year just to be sure that you have people to graduate. Yeah. Well, especially if it gives you more time. I feel that's kind of like President Erdogan in Turkey mm-hmm. handing out cash at the polling stations. I feel like this <laughs> kind of similar scenario, right? They're like, hey, by the way, we're just going to hold off grad because y'all are failing. So um, that was from CBS News, by the way. According to CBS affiliate KW, KWTX, there it is. 28 of 33 seniors at Marlin High School did not meet graduation requirements. <laughs> Dems bad numbers. The district said research has shown regular school attendance is a powerful predictor of student success. 
They recently mm-hmm. moved to a four-day week to increase instruction and student engagement on the days when school is in session, decreasing absences. They basically said, we're going to give you a free day off so it looks like you've taken less day off, days off. That's <laughs> absolutely, that's desperate, man. I, oh, you're just set up for failure at that point. You got to get creative. Jeez. Although four-day work week in school, no, that's all right. Uh, that's ah, right. four-day work week in general. I'm I'm a big fan yep. of that notion. I got to tell you, I I wish, I wish that uh, we could do it here because uh, I think it would just uh, it would change everything. I think it really would. I think relationships would flourish. I think uh, the amount of time that parents have at home to do the things like clean the house and all the other tasks that they have to do. But we would screw it up, right? We would overschedule those extra three days off and book the kids in more activities and still end up running around more or just as much as we do. So, you know, I don't um, I don't pretend that humans wouldn't screw it up. But if we could get it right and pay attention to it, probably a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with... I'm Shane Hewitt. That's Ryan O'Donnell. Are you okay with grad pranks? I have, I, I, my school, St. Francis, class of 2014, had two, three grand, uh, grad pranks, okay? And two of them were really funny and one of them was terrible. So the first was uh, some of the hockey guys, the jocks, got up in full gear, their jersey, shoulder pads, and everything, and put on roller blades and skated mm-hmm. throughout the school during like recess and all that, or in between periods. So they were trying to hurry hard and play hockey in the hallways. That mm-hmm. was funny. I mean, I almost got knocked over, but it was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one was they used about, I think it was the total was close to a thousand plastic forks to draw an image in the football field. Oh. Which was inappropriate. Let's put it that way. Hilarious. Oh, imp- inappropriate funny. image. Yes. very Not inappropriate image. like Justin Trudeau would throw you in jail for using that many plastic forks inappropriate. No, 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 not no. This was 2014. We didn't care about plastic back then. Yeah, so it oh, right, was just yeah. a, you know, it's just an, an, Give in me a more shape. plastic. Yes, take the that. The third one, <laughs> take that. The third one was uh, a guy. This guy actually almost got charged. I remember. I won't say his name, oh, but he spray painted. That's a great way chickens. to start a way stop. That's a great way to start a story. By the way, this guy yeah, almost got almost charged. Got arre- yeah, he almost got arrested. <laughs> He spray painted four chickens uh, with numbers on them and let them loose in the gym during an assembly. And one of them died from stress. And he almost got charged with animal cruelty stuff for really? a grad prank. And people were really mad about that one. Nobody thought that one was funny in my school. That one yeah. was a bit much. The chickens, I'm all about the other yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, chickens, no. They don't. I mean, hey, uh, if it was, well, goose would get you in trouble, I suppose, because that's mm. a whole protected animal. But they would, and, and turkeys they would attack. Are mean. Turkeys are mean. Um, no, no grad pranks at my school. That was that's the end of the story. No, nothing. No, no. We I would have figured like when you were in high school is the golden age of pranks. Like, I mean, that's how it is in movies. You know, like, no. it's going to have the grad prank. No, oh, we had the, the odd, you know, sort of smoke bomb, cherry bomb, whatever you call them, stink yeah. bombs in the toilets and yeah, those kind of things that happen. But no, man, we, we were busy building a future. We were the generation. No, I can't even say that. <laughs> but no, but we didn't. We just, I don't know. It, it, to me, it felt like, you know, there was sort of the party crowd that partied. And then there was the people who had jobs and played hockey and did all those things. And mm-hmm. and those two crowds spent a lot of time together. I didn't feel like it was wildly separate. Not a lot of pranks. Uh, a strange odor in Texas. 
We almost Uh-oh. need a Texas song. Texas burn. Um, <laughs> maybe that's it right there. <laughs> Texas. Uh, straight. My buddy Brandon Alexander's from Texas, so I mm-hmm. see them all the time. A strange odor at a Texas high school. Oh, by the way, he's going to be here. We're going to bring him on the oh. shift in July. And I found out that the Aladdin stage show tour is coming across Canada and his best friends in the show. So we're going to try to do a thing there, just so you know, by the Sweet. way. That's awesome. That's a little, that was a little show meeting right there. Um, a strange odor at a Texas high school on May 3rd and 4th prompted extensive testing of the campus mechanical ventilation and sewer systems. The smell was so bad. How bad was it? It was so bad. The school needed to be evacuated, and it even sent some people to the doctor. For the second straight day, students at Caney Creek High School sick from an unusual smell. It just smelled like gas. Kaylee Pate, a freshman. I'm going to send my kid up there to get sicker. Her mother keeping Kaylee home Thursday after the teen left class Wednesday with a headache. Every kid I saw was having a headache, and plenty of them were puking. Like, I don't know them, but there was around 20-ish to 30-ish that I saw. When I picked my daughter up, all these kids were coming out with cold in their heads. Kids were vomiting. They were nauseous, passing out. Six students taken to area hospitals. Hazmat crews from Montgomery County unable to find what's causing some to feel sick. These hazmat teams are professionals. They know a lot about different types of gases. Their meters picked up nothing. So it's a mystery. The Caney Creek High School principal telling parents in a letter that the presence of natural gas has not been detected on our campus. At this time, we have not ruled out that the odor may be the result of a prank foul odor spray. Foul odor spray. Hmm. Uh, that was from Fox 24, by the way. So what was this smell that made people so sick they had to go to the hospital? Turns out it was farts. Farts. Fart spray. And that idea of spraying fart spray and shutting everything down has two teens now in jail. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Uh, following an investigation by police in the campus administration, the school said it believes students brought fart spray into the building as part of a prank causing the odor. Care to try to pronounce that, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I thought that might be kind of funny to see if either of us mm. could. Okay, uh, no. so it's a special brand of fart spray. Uh, so, Hensgaucht. Hensgaucht would be my guess. It sounds German. Hensgaucht fart spray. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Hens called. Yeah. <laughs> Fox Ray. Diego Flores, Stinky. 18, and a boy, 17. Can't name him. I'm guessing child. it's because he's underage, right? <laughs> yeah. Can't say his name. Uh, not his best friend. <laughs> Diego and a boy that he always hangs out with. We're both charged with possession of a prohibited weapon. Oh, man, that thing's a weapon. And third-degree felony after authorities said they intentionally or knowingly possessed a chemical dispensing device. That's a little over the top. It's, it's, so their lawyer has said that their clients have been overcharged. Like, they, they are getting, this is the equivalent of getting, like, facing, like, you know, like a 20-year, like, severe sentence. And so I think it will be lowered. Uh, nobody died. People had to go to the hospital. I think, yeah, do you get a slap on the wrist or something like this? Absolutely. Do you maybe spend uh, a month in juvie for something stupid like this? Yeah, sure. F- 15 years in jail? 
probably not. It's mm-hmm. just hands go to fight spray, you know. <laughs> hands go. Yeah. All right. Um, Doberstein fart spray. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. 